Hello and welcome to the Hooligan Report for another week. Uh, I'm joined tonight by Boyan. Hi, guys. And uh, also Cookson. Hello. Two United supporters tonight, so I guess I'll have to start off by asking you guys. Um, Anthony Martial, he's uh, he's had quite a start for United. What a waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> he seems pretty well suited to the Premier League. Yeah, well... He's kind of pace, directness, composure in front of Joel. For a 19-year-old, his composure isn't too bad, is it? <laughs> Ice in his vein. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, he, he, he scored again, uh, was it this morning? or uh, Yeah, this morning, wasn't it? In the um, League Cup as well. So he's doing it in all competitions. Um, well, yeah, well, I mean, what have you made of him? He's calm, composed... He gets the ball, he runs at defenders. It's pretty much what we've been begging for for quite a while. And in a bizarre sense of way, we've managed to replace Van Persie before Arsenal have as well. <laughs> I, you, I think that... You just you see him and he just does all the tricks. His goals, he just he's very good at getting eyes to the goalkeeper and placing it in the corner. And apparently... His odds for being Young Player of the Year have cut so fast. Which unfortunately means you'll owe Monaco more money. I think, Boyan, we were chatting about that the other week, that you're more than happy to, to pay it if he means he's going to win those awards. Mate, I think we don't have to pay a lot more <laughs> than, than what we expected. I've got a question for you, being an impartial observer. How many Ballon d'Ors do you think you'll win? <laughs> he's already... Uh, Jeez. Almost a lot for this year, so how many are we looking at? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure we only pay him, but pay Monaco if if he wins the Ballon d'Or. Hopefully, it's not per Ballon d'Or, or right. else he might be in some financial problems. <laughs> right. uh, I mean, you can't think of many better um, starts to a career in, in the Premier League, at least. And I mean, I think it was his debut that called to mind comparisons to Henri, and I think people said it was a bit premature. But uh, you certainly have to think that with the way he's started that. Is um, if he can keep up some level of consistency, and obviously at 19 he'll have patches where he probably won't perform to this level, but he's clearly running on adrenaline at the moment, or or something that's sort of keeping him going. Um, and we'll see how long it lasts for him. At, at 19, he's still got quite a bit of development to do, but he's certainly looking good so far. I mean, yeah, you look at him. I mean, he scored more goals this just already equal to what Falcao did. Last year, yeah, he's going to outscore Rooney this year without question. I, I mean, was, was going to ask you. I mean, it raises an interesting question about Rooney's place in the side now because uh, I think we saw last season when he was played in that attacking midfield role that he wasn't really getting the best out of his game. But does this mean that you you change formation to suit both of them? Well, Rooney probably does. We'll probably play off Martial now. Or he'll play number nine when Martial needs a rest or a spell on the sidelines. But it's just... I mean, Rooney has played, what, 13 years at top level? Yeah. I mean, he's close to... And he does look like a 35-year-old, not a 29-year-old. We, we we did have that discussion earlier yeah. in the season, I think, with um, Wilston Raider, where he, he made that point that a lot of the younger, or the players that come onto the scene when they're quite young, uh, do actually end up burning out around 29, 30 sort of age that, that Rooney's now approaching, or is, or is already at. 
Um, so it will be interesting to see how his form goes over the rest of the season. But then you compare it to Ronaldo, who just banged in, what, five goals in the past week? Yeah. But he is playing just, in Spain, I mean, it doesn't really count. It's just the physicality of Rooney probably doesn't help against him. I mean, he was shocking against Southampton. I mean, when Mata suddenly went into number 10 role, we looked a lot better, a lot fluid in attack. And then Schweinsteiger came on and just controlled the game. Well, we might talk about that game now. <clears throat> Use that as a chance to move on to um, reviewing the games. And I think that's eight games in a row now, or, or it's eight games in total that United's actually come from behind against Southampton to get the win. So um, it's an impressive record. But uh, how'd you find the game? Well, we kind of made it harder than it, it needed to be, really. Pella uh, spent half the game just trying to bully Daily Blind, and, and um, that's how they got the well, not not how they got, how they got the, the first goal, but that's how they got kind of that uh, last goal. Um, but yeah, we kind of gave the ball away sloppily for their first goal, and they came down the right hand side, crossed it into Mane, De Gea pulled off a, a worldly save and then Pella got, the, got the, um, the rebound. And then we kind of started to get control of, of the game after that, whereas in a couple of the other games we've gone behind and, you know, we've kind of been looking at trying to stretch out, out, out a um, draw. But, yeah, really, really played well, controlled the ball. We almost seemed to kind of bore them to death a bit, <laughs> um, to, to be honest. I mean, especially, obviously, with that... Last goal, 45 passes um, in, involved, and that's two consecutive uh, years in a row where United have scored a goal from a Sunderland back pass. Sorry, Southampton back pass. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Percy did the same thing last year. Yeah. <laughs> but it, the game also did show that we can't play well with Carrick and Schneiderlin as a partnership. I mean, both of them have want dead primarily defensive midfielders. They need a either Herrera or Schweinsteiger next to them to bring the best out of each other. Well, it was interesting. Did, so Herrera didn't start against Southampton? No, nor no, did Schweinsteiger. That's an interesting one, because I think we were talking, was it last week, about the fact that Herrera should hopefully be getting a bit more of a solid run of games now. He should. He should be getting more more game time, um, because he's... The other... Like, Schneidlin and Carrick has kind of Tricky was saying they both they both receive the ball and then look sideways or backwards. Whereas Herrera immediately gets the ball and the first thing he does is he looks forward and he's looking for that forward pass. Whereas kind of the ball tends to go very much side to side when you've got Carrick and Schneiderlin beside each other. Yeah, I mean there always seems to be that player at a club at each club that um, supporters always seem to look at and say, why isn't he getting more game time? So. Um, it will be. It's an interesting one. Um, did Herrera start this morning? Yep. Okay. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, pans out. But uh, the the game of the weekend that I think everyone had their eyes on was the early game, uh, and in some ways it had a very predictable result. That you know, as bad as things get for Chelsea, they always seem to do one over Wenger and Arsenal, um, and they came away with that two 0 victory. With um, two red cards for Arsenal, which obviously didn't help matters, um, Costa involved a bit of argy-bargy, and I think he's now earned himself a three-game ban for that. So how did you guys see this one? 
I mean, Costa should have been sent off when he was doing this stuff to Koscielny. I mean, he just, what, it was like rubbing his hands all over his face, getting all lovey-dovey with him. <laughs> I mean, come there's on, some, Costa. There's some stat that Costa hasn't been sent off since 2012 or something, I think. I think the chef was saying. But yeah. the, the issue with that stat is that, like, he got banned retrospectively for the MRA chance stamp last year. So I suspect he might have been banned quite a few yeah. times over that period. But still surprising that uh, no ref has seen fit to send him off during the game. Uh, I mean, you'd assume that linesmen would have been watching the incident with Koscielny and you'd expect them to have said something to the ref in, in that sort of case. Uh, I mean, as Cookson's saying, he's doing a fair bit to Koscielny to provoke a response. Um, it's an interesting one. Well, is it an interesting one, or should the ref have just sent him off straight away? Because it was pretty bloody obvious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's actually kind of Mike Dean who had an absolute stinker. It's really his fault. If he cuts that out straight away, then it doesn't escalate like this. Instead, he doesn't really do anything to, um, to stop Cross from doing this, doesn't even have a word with him, and then just escalates it down the field and results in that sending off. He could have easily controlled that situation, but um, he didn't. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one with Mike Dean to see if he gets any sort of action. Was he the one involved in that Palace game, or was, is that someone else um, when they should, should have sent Flamini off, um, but just had a word with Kazula instead? Um, I can't remember if that was Mike Dean or someone else, but... I think Mike Dean was the one though, who sent off Chamberlain instead of Gibbs. Oh, right. Oh, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Against, was it Chelsea last year? Oh, two years ago, something like that. Years? Yeah. <laughs> so it's got a bit of um, infamy with this fixture. Um, the other interesting result, obviously, was um, West Ham getting up over Man City and, and ending that winning start City's had to the season, and even just conceding a goal was a pretty interesting result for City. So, I mean... West Ham are a bit of an inexplicable side at the moment. They get the results against the big sides away from home, but um, then they'll fall over to a Bournemouth or, or someone on their home patch. It's, it's one of those really odd things that you just really can't explain. But, I mean, they have won four out of six, so a good start to them. I mean, and, few, and they've gotten probably nine points where maybe... Usually you'd expect to get maybe one or two. Well, because, yeah, they've beaten Arsenal, Us. City, and... Liverpool. Liverpool, yeah. But yeah, it's probably just one of those really odd things. But, I mean, they got in some good signings. I mean, Sacco looks good. Dimitri Payet looks great. I mean... Suppose then Bilic has really started out very well at West Ham, so you expect they'll probably reach upper mid-table with the rate they're going and probably have a nice deep cup run. The other side that's had an unbelievable start to the season and, and remain the only undefeated side in, I think, the top four divisions of England is um, Leicester. And they made a habit of coming back from two goals down again, coming back from 2-0 uh, down to Stoke to draw 2-2. Couldn't get the, the fairy tale goal this week, but uh, what can we say about Leicester? I mean... They've had an unbelievable start to the season. I said they were going to win 2-0 when you all laughed at me, and then they were 2-0 up in 
two seconds of, of the game, and I thought, oh, I was right for once. Um, and then Leicester pushed hard, and after a while, Stoke couldn't contain them. That was really the story of the game. <clears throat> Um, do we see Leicester being able to maintain this form at, at any significant level over the course of the season, or is it just sort of, you know, um, a bit of a bubble at the moment? Nah, eventually the fixtures do build up, and that's where the bigger clubs tend to rotate more into greater quality of deaf players comes into play. So you'd expect them to fall off probably around November, December. I don't think anyone could have predicted that after six games we'd have Liverpool and Chelsea in the bottom half of the table and uh, Leicester and West Ham in the top four, but it's uh, it's been quite a, an interesting start to the season. Um, we also had, obviously, Liverpool drawing at home to Norwich. Um, how many more games do we give Brendan Rodgers? As many as he likes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. We need another crap campaign. Keep Rogers at pool. He needs to stay there until at least February. At least he needs to oversee the January transfer window. I think what we they can't need... we can't let a half decent coach in there and and him be allowed to buy players. I think what we need is for them to beat Villa five nil this weekend, just to sort of re- reinstall some faith in uh, in in Rogers and and keep him afloat for a little bit longer. I think. Just to they keep can't the, uh, do that, mate. Going. They, they can't. We can't let them keep score five goals because they won't be able to maintain this run. <laughs> this being the um, not having scored more than one goal since Bruce Jenner was sitting on the couch stretching his balls. Well, Lewandowski scored more goals than them for the season in, in about <laughs> nine minutes. <laughs> So Lewandowski is better than Liverpool, confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> One more, two. Um, their poor run continued in the League Cup, so we might go on and chat about that. And uh, it was it was predictable in a way that they had to go all the way to penalties to beat Carlisle. But um, they played a fairly strong side, so it's not. A, I don't think you can even use the excuse that they were rotating players. So um, when you've got guys like Coutinho lining up in the side... Um, Ings, I think, started as well, and, and they had, what was it, 54 shots? Was that the record? Um, up until up until the penalty started, they had 54 shots on goal, I think, for one goal. Um, there's, some, there's something going on there. To be honest, that doesn't really, just seems like a crap day in front of goals. I mean, every club does have it, but still, it's probably a bit concerning. Well, a lot concerning for Liverpool. For everyone um, else, it's obviously just quite funny. Yes, good comedic value. Well, I, I didn't see the game, but I read the match report, and it was kind of indicating that that stat about fifty-four shots wasn't, you know, wasn't quite the whole story because a lot of them were kind of shots from 30, 35 yards, you know, quite speculative yeah. shots at goal. But they definitely had all, all the possession and all the play. But Brendan Rodgers just Pitched the 11 best players, or what he thinks the 11 best players he got, he has, and just puts them on the team, without respect to what positions they should be playing in. But I think I think we know now that James Milner is a left-sided midfielder who cuts in, which is what he did at Man City. He's playing centre midfield and he's been 
at best average. Firmino is a number 10. Why is he playing the left wing? Danny Ng, same thing. But I guess the good thing is that, well, it's not good for, I guess, this weekend, but with uh, Benteke out, they're going to have to play Ings centrally. So he'll get, he'll, he'll get his chance. But they, yeah, I mean, Brendan just looks like he's trying new things and nothing's working for him. Yeah, I mean, is Sturridge back now? I think he played last weekend. Um, he's back, be... but he'll get injured. <laughs> <laughs> we know what's happening. But the issue is for Liverpool, though, if they do sack Rodgers, who, who can they get? Klopp's probably the big one because, I mean, Klopp has gone so far as to say that he wouldn't mind going to a mid-table club. And, and I mean this in all seriousness, that Liverpool at the moment aren't going to attract that upper echelon of managers necessarily. And they they will need a bit of a rebuild if a new manager comes in. Uh, but, and that's exactly the sort of club that Klopp likes. But the thing is, though, of Klopp, I mean, the Bayern Munich job could be open in a few months, in eight months' time. Real Madrid could job could be open. The German national team job could be open. I mean, and you're not sure about how Man City will go, or United, or indeed Arsenal. I mean, eight big clubs could have openings better than Liverpool at the moment. So if you're Klopp, you might as well wait it out. But I guess if Klopp would yeah. prefer to go to a club where he can build his own side, he might not want to go to a club like Arsenal. I mean, Arsenal's probably the the big one that he might go to, but you know, United or City or someone might not be the club that Klopp would want to go to. Um, where do you see Guardiola ending up? United. Over City? Yeah, Guardiola's yeah. a bit of a traditionalist. Fergie wanted him to replace him the first time. He plays similar style to what Louis van Gaal plays. Then... Guardiola probably has a bit of a wish to manage United, so... Absolutely. I think... Uh, I'm not 100% sure it's going to work, but I think Guardiola will end up at United. And on Jürgen Klopp, um, he's already turned down Liverpool in the summer and a couple of weeks ago. Um, Honigstein, the German... Journalist has said that he will entertain offers around the end of this year. But the links with Liverpool seem kind of tenuous at best. And then there was the one this morning about Ancelotti. I really can't see can't yeah, see that see happening. That and the thing is, you're like you're talking about oh Klopp can come in and build his own team and that. How prepared are the owners who are already thinking if not trying actively to sell the club, how much money are they going to give a new manager after seeing Dad Leash waste all that money and now Brendan spend, what was it, 300 million? You know, yeah. I'm no, not sure they're going to dip, dip their hands, hands in their pockets too much more. That's a fair point. It will be interesting. I think if Rogers is going to go, it will be around November, December to give any new manager some time in the window. But um, yeah, the owners may well say, no funds are available, you've got to work with the squad, you know, sell if you want to buy sort of thing. Um, they do have quality players there, and as you say, it's just about playing them in the right positions. Um, it would be interesting to see who they, they managed to bring in. Um, like, uh, sorry? They should probably bring in a defensively-minded manager, though. I mean, 
their defense is well, about been, they're, they're scoring tight. so few goals at the moment as it is. Yeah. I mean, can they score any less? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just keep no, Rogers anyway. Let it continue. Um. Um, in in other League Cup games that we had that were uh, interesting, we had Arsenal getting up over Tottenham with probably one of the more unlikely braces you're likely to see from Flamini. Um, and there was a few rumours of a bit of um, racial tensions there, but I think my understanding is a lot of that was just hyped up over Twitter. Yeah, because you look at the pa- English papers and there was pretty much nothing. So... Well, there. I mean, this does happen. That, I mean, that kind of racial tension does happen at all North London derbies, the same way that um, at games between Liverpool and United, they talked about Munich, and unfortunately, well, the United fans talked about Hillsborough. You know, it's kind of while it's not great, it happens. And to be honest, that kind of stuff shouldn't be celebrated by the media. So that is good that they didn't report report yeah. on that. Um, I mean, apparently sorry. it was just for well, there were, there were arrests, but it was for damaging hoardings. Yeah, I mean, I think there was reports that they there was a few signs getting torn down and that sort of thing. But I mean, as you say, you're going to get that at most derbies. Yeah. Um, be a bit of damage done, and I think as far as as far as the the racial taunting or, or mentions of these past tragedies, there's always going to be that minority amongst fans that that look for any sort of. Uh, chant that they can come up with to get under the opposition opposition skins and I mean I, I think there was a a striker playing I think it was the championship or league one last year whose son whose infant son had passed away and the um, away fans were chanting about that um, you, you know yeah there's there's nothing that's off limits to some groups of people and I think it was Jats or someone saying you know if there are groups of people like that in the away end you've got to so you know, stamp it out and ban them for life, that sort of thing. But it's just one of those things that's so hard to eliminate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we've got the yeah. Stuart Pearson Memorial Shield coming up. Yeah. Stuart Pearson? Do you mean Mar- Nigel Stuart. Pearson? Nigel Pearson, that's it. Yes. <laughs> 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 well, I was going to say, I mean, probably the one big upset of the week of the fixtures was our win over Swansea. I think that's the only um, lower division side to get up uh, in any of the matchups. So uh, it was certainly an impressive performance. And uh, yeah, we now play Leicester. We're undefeated at home. They're undefeated overall. So um, hopefully that's still the stat when they come to town and, and we'll see how it goes. But certainly will be an interesting game. Um, I think Jats and Friatuck were right on the board when they were saying it's a lot's going to depend on the form of the two sides as to how strong the lineups are, but I think there's more chance of us playing a stronger lineup than than Leicester. <clears throat> so it'll be one to watch. I think hopefully it'll be televised. We don't make it. I think this is the furthest we've ever gotten the League Cup. So <laughs> it's a momentous occasion for the people of Hull. You know, fourth Hold fourth round. Parade. You know, um, open top bus. Oh, you know, you know, uh, we'll we'll be dishing out medals to all the players and. Yeah. <laughs> They'll have an Everyone's open cart ride. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be one to look forward to. Um, I- interesting as well that all the bigger Premier League sides have avoided each other in the draw, so uh, it means that the quarterfinals are likely to be pretty interesting affairs. Um, United are up against... Borough. It was Borough. Borough? 
a city have um, where are we? Palace. Palace. And Chelsea have Stoke. Arsenal have Sheffield Wednesday. So there's a at Liverpool against Bournemouth. I mean, it'll be really interesting to watch two mid-table sides go at it. Um, see who comes out on top in that one. I think Bournemouth, you'd almost say, are favourites, just in the way that Liverpool have been playing lately. But um, I guess a month's a long time in football. Bournemouth can score goals. That's the difference between the two sides. <laughs> well, they can't if, defend. If you, think back to defend. Their, if you think back to their league game, I mean, Liverpool only scored because of a very uh, interesting decision by the referees. Yes, very it's interesting. Conspiracy to help um, Liverpool. I don't think you've mentioned it all, Boyan, so I thought I'd <laughs> <laughs> bring it up. Uh, but we might we might move on now and chat about the uh, next set of fixtures. And we open up with a pretty tasty early game between Spurs and Man City. Spurs have probably been a bit average this season. I mean, been lacking in some facets. Kane is horrifically out of form. So do you expect City to win at least 2-0? Is this at White Hart Lane? Uh, yes, it is. I think that City will have too much. Will Aguero be bad for this game, do you think? Um, I think he should be. Well, didn't he, he, didn't he play um, yesterday morning against Sunderland? I'm not sure. I think he did. If I think he, he did, scored. He probably will be. Um, there you go. So, yeah, City should be too powerful, but I'll, I'll go for a 1-1 draw. More out of hope than anything else. Yeah, I mean... It'll be interesting away from home for City. Uh, Spurs Spurs have looked pretty average. They, they've got, what, a win over Sunderland and um, a win over Palace, both 1-0. Um, they just seem to be lacking a bit of firepower at the moment, so I'd probably go Ericsson's City. back, though. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's back. As, will he be fit to start, do you reckon? Well, he played a part in the last league game, so I'd imagine he should be fine. Mm, okay, well, that, that makes it a bit more interesting. Um, I'll probably still go 2-0 City, I reckon. Um, first of the midnight games we have is Leicester up against Arsenal. Uh, surely surely Leicester's run can't keep going, can it? No, it honestly does depend on which Arsenal show up. I mean, there's good Arsenal, which is fast, decisive, free-flowing football. And there's bad Arsenal, where they just can't do anything. I mean, surely Giroud has to start. Walcott's just looked so ineffective. I mean, they honestly... I mean, you got to... Giroud's not a world-beater, but he's a pretty decent striker. I mean, he needs to start, put... Have Alexis, Ozil, and Ramsey behind him, and just... You'd expect those front four to win the game, but again, Arsene is a bit iffy, so I'm going to probably go for a 2 all draw. This is Arsenal's bread and butter, 2-0. I think if it's the final month of the season or if his contract's about to expire, Wolcott's the striker. But uh, <laughs> any other time, I think you've got to stick with Giroud, so I think I'm with you on that one, Cookie. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm leaning towards Arsenal, but... Leicester just seem to have, have shown everyone up this season so far and in, in anyone going against them. But the last two games have shown they're starting to drop off a little bit. So, yeah, I might go Arsenal 2-1. I think Leicester will still manage to score. Um, we've then got Liverpool at home to Villa. 
do we see that run of uh, failing to score more than one goal in a match continuing? Oh, they'll score two goals. It was just they'll be two own goals fast to fill up. <laughs> Um, I can see, I can see a one 0 Villa win. I really can in this game. I just, the, well, they're just playing devoid, devoid of confidence. I mean, it's, it's just bizarre. I don't know what they're trying to achieve there. To be honest, <laughs> like you watch their games, and it's, it's almost like they're just passing it around until they can give it to Tatinia, and it's like, come oh, on, mate, do everything for us. Yeah, bang so one in from thirty yards. That was pretty yeah. much the game plan under Suarez, though. <laughs> yeah, but Suarez was elite. <laughs> An elite forward playing in the just, Premier League. And just... Suarez did score a lot, a lot of goals against the lesser teams, which means he would have thrived in, in, in this kind of game. But um, without him, they'll need Ings to step up. I think they're just hoping and praying that um, Sturridge will stay fit as well. But um, I think he's got a lot of work to do to get back to the form of a couple of seasons ago if he's going to get back to it. Um, I'll probably go a one-all draw in that one, I reckon. I've got a nil-all draw. <laughs> Didn't you just say they were going to knock in two own goals? Yeah, but I was more being facetious. Now I'm being serious. <laughs> They'll All both right. be ruled out for offside by the Liverpool <laughs> ref. Um, we've got your boys up against Sunderland as well at midnight, so there's a couple of tasty games at midnight. Um, how do you see this one going? How many goals is Martial going to score? To get the Hattie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just what I was thinking, but I didn't want to say it. Um, well, like, I think United will win 3-1, and I think Martial gets a goal. But United need to be really careful they don't burn this kid out. He's no, He shouldn't have played in that League Cup game. It's ridiculous when you got Wilson there. I was surprised um, Wilson didn't start, yeah. Well, he played for the under-21s a couple of days earlier, but, I mean, was that really necessary? Because he's just too, far too good for, for that level of football, and I'm not sure what that bloke has to do to, to start. Um, but hopefully after Andreas Pereira's man-of-the-match performance last night in the League Cup, that he'll be on the bench, if not start, on the weekend. And, yeah, as I said, I think 3-1 United. Yeah, I mean, Sunderland always starts the season pretty poorly, so I might go 4 0 to United. Um, oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, again, you'd expect this. I mean, defensively, we're solid. I think this actually probably will be the game where Depay really does stand up and he'll probably score a brace. Yeah, he's due. So I'm going to go for 5 0 United. <laughs> <laughs> Escalating it. Evidence. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, there's Southampton up against Swansea, and Southampton have started to look a bit better in recent weeks, and Swansea are dropping off a little bit. But how do you see this one panning out? It's interesting because both sides are they're well, they're pretty similar in how they play a high pressing, full of players who enjoy passing the ball. They're both good football teams, so. Probably an interesting one-all draw or two-all draw, I'd say. I see it going 2-1 to Swansea. They're pretty hard to beat in Wales. Um, and I'll be so really interested... Do it's at St Mary's then? Right. Um, <laughs> all right, well, no, I'll, I'll stick with it. I won't turn it around. I'll stick with it. Um, but I'll be interested to see how Jack Cork 
throws against his former club and especially against Ward Prowse. Very impressive Ward Prowse against United. He was very, very good. Yeah, just thinking about it, they've just made the trek from um, Yorkshire down to the south coast, so it's a fair bit of travel that they'll have racked up in the last few days. Um, I might back Southampton. What an hour's flight. What's that? Not far. If they've caught the plane, yeah. yeah, It's like flying from Melbourne to Sydney, mate. Well, yeah, if they've flown. I mean, some some teams will catch the coach, but they may well have flown. Um, uh, Yeah, I'll probably back Southampton in 2-1 in that one. Hopefully, Gomez getting on the score sheet after a couple of weeks off it. Fantasy. Um, Sorry? Fantasy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Next up, there's Stoke up against Bournemouth in probably one of the less appealing games of the weekend, but how do we see this one? You'd expect Bournemouth to win at least 3-1 or something like that, because Stoke have just not gotten started at all. I mean, Shakiri's not really gone in, Nafali's got suspended, and Borean's just coming back, so... Again, those three need to gel, and it, it probably will be later on, so you'd expect Bournemouth to win. I'm tipping, I think, last week, tip started Stoke's season. <laughs> I think it'll be 3-2 to Stoke, and with Bayern and, and Shakiri. I said it last week and didn't really pay off, but this week, time to step up, mate. <laughs> it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Um, yeah, I might back Stoke in 2-1. I think you're right. I think they started to look a lot better last week against Leicester and um, a lot more dangerous, so... Maybe they'll start their charge up the table. Um, West Ham are at home against Norwich, and if anything, if the season's been anything to go by, this is the sort of game Nor- uh, West Ham are going to drop. Yeah, you ex- West Ham are probably better than Norwich all around the park. You surely they would win this. Oh, they're better than Bournemouth as well, aren't they? <laughs> well, true, but again. <laughs> Um, I will tip a 1-1 draw. Norwich are sneakily flying under the radar, but they're not a bad side. And um, West Ham's erratic home form might continue, but I expect uh, Dimitri Payet to really control this game. Yeah, I mean, Norwich's form has been pretty um, unnoticed. I mean, they're they're sitting in mid-table with Watford as well, so... Two of the promoted clubs are doing a bit better than I think people expected them to do. Um, I might back in Norwich for a sneaky 1-0 win here. Um, West Ham's form has been pretty interesting, um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that one pans out. Um, we've then got the late game as the annual, or biannual, um, Newcastle-Chelsea Matchup, where Newcastle always somehow, no matter what sort of form they're in, seems to walk away with the win, especially at St James. Um, so, how do you guys see this one? Ooh. I mean, Chelsea have more quality, but the way they're going, it's just they're all playing very shocking. They're all just terrible at the moment. So, and with Costa going out, which means either Remy will start, and he hasn't played in since, what, when Chelsea played in Sydney? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is he still at Bondi, SM? Did you kidnap him? <laughs> kidnap him, take him to half. Yeah. 
and Falcao's doing his best CVG impressions. <laughs> I saw that. That was dry. Well, I'm probably going to go for nil or draw. Perfect cure for insomnia, though. <laughs> um, I think Chelsea are going to struggle again, despite winning last week. You know, the first goal was a, a set piece, and we all know how terrible Arsenal are at defending set pieces. And then the second goal, Arsenal were chasing the game and got a lucky deflection. Even against even Nyman, they weren't terribly convincing. And I, I know we don't usually talk this long about relegation battlers, but I'll <laughs> with um, 1-1. And I think it'll be a late Chelsea goal to snatch a draw at St James. Um, I'm going to back in Newcastle in this one. I think Chelsea were deceiving to, or flattering to deceive against uh, Arsenal and that it took two red cards for them to really sort of put their mark on the game. And um, I, I just don't see them going to St James and getting a win. I mean, they've struggled there in recent years. Maybe that was more of a Pardew factor than um, a Newcastle factor, but um, I reckon a sneaky Newcastle 1-0 win in this one. Tasty. Um, yeah. To, to edge Newcastle ahead in the relegation battle. <laughs> um, the, the early game on the Sunday then is the Watford against Crystal Palace game. And when I say early, I mean it's 1am. It's not too early. Um, as just touched on, I mean, Watford have started the season a lot better than people expected as well. Um, and Palace are just starting to drop off a little bit. So it might be a bit of an interesting one. I mean, yeah, it's. I'm a palace of. They've actually turned around on the Partiola. I mean, Partiola's done a very good job. I mean, they got Kabai, who's again looked good. Their wingers are very good at creating chances, and also, but they are a bit inconsistent. So you probably would expect them to win at least 2 0. Well, I was the only one to chip. Um, Watford to stay up this season and they haven't even had the influx of five or six Italian internationals. <laughs> They'll get on loan in January. Um, they, they're they playing... Well, they started the season playing well without really getting the rewards for their play and they're starting to, to see that now. And with Palace's hot start kind of tailing off slightly at the moment, I'd say a 2-2 draw. Um. Yeah, I think I think Palace should win this one. I think it all depends on whether Palace can sort of pick themselves up. They really should have scored a couple of goals against Spurs. I think they hit the post a few times. Um, so I think I think they should be too good for Watford. But I mean, Watford have been a very well-drilled defensive side, uh, especially at home. Um, so it might be a one-nil or a nil-nil sort of game. I think. Um, and then the final game for the week is Everton up against West Brom. Um, another one that's probably not, not going to be too thrilling for the neutrals, but how do we see this one? Ooh. It's... You probably would expect Everton to win at least 2-0. I mean, again, better quality players. They have appeared to finally got their season in a bit of a kickstart. With Naismith's hat trick. Um, 
but again, it's Everton and they tend to be a bit inconsistent under Martinez. Yep, they are, they are inconsistent. Everton, I haven't been that impressed with West Brom, um, to be honest, to start this year. And I think uh, Ross Barkley might have a day out. And I'll tip Everton 3-1. I'm with you on that one. I think Ross Ross Barkley's had a very, very good start to the season. Um, So I think Lukaku and Barkley will have a very nice day at West Brom. One thing to talk about with Everton was... um, did either of you catch the Morales red card against uh, Swansea last week? Basically came on for the last few minutes of the game and was sent off just as quickly. <laughs> he's, Let's he, look that up. He's a bit of an interesting one because I think he signed a new deal um, after initially saying he, w- he was happy to leave. Um, and I think he might be a bit peeved at not getting a bit more game time. Um, so that might be an interesting situation, and I suspect he may well be leaving in January if he doesn't get a bit more game time. Why isn't he getting more game time? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think presumably Lennon's starting over him. I think they play on the same wing. Um, I think Delafeo. I'm not sure if Delafeo's been getting a, a whole lot of game time either, but I suspect he'd be competing with Morales. Um, yeah, Why I is Morales playing on a wing? Doesn't Morales normally play out wide for, for Everton? Barkley you mean the Ke- he played centre midfield? Ke- are you talking about Kevin Morales? Yeah, doesn't he normally play out wide? I think he plays out wide and I think he plays all along like attacking midfield or something. Because if they've got, I mean, if they've got Barkley central and they've got McCarthy and Barry behind him... They normally have Morales and, well, they normally have Morales and Delafeo out wide, but I think lately they've been playing Lennon out wide instead. Oh, because usually they're not, they're more of, they kind of play a patch midfield as opposed to genuine wingers, but now they're on genuine wingers. Yeah, I think, well, I think that was the sense I got anyway. Um, I think they do normally line up that four-two-three-one, but um, Naismith as well has been, well, he started against Swansea, and he obviously came on quite early against um, Chelsea. So, not not positive on how they they've been lining up. But um, yeah, I mean, it's been interesting because he's been a good player for them for a few years now. But uh, seems to be on the periphery at the moment. Um, but any any closing thoughts, boys? Watch out for Martial, <laughs> and just wait for Wang when Wenger suddenly comes out. For we could have signed him in the past for. Two million pounds in the pocket of chips. Too expensive <laughs> no, to buy. Is, is, is Wenger Jamaican? <laughs> <laughs> He's already said that, Cookie. He's already said that he was that he was tracking Martial from a young age. It's like piss off, mate. Shows how much of an idiot you are. It's like oh, I've tra- I tracked all these world class players and didn't, didn't buy any of them. Banger was tracking me when I was playing schoolyard footy with my mates. <laughs> and wasn't wasn't didn't Fergie come out and say that he was tracking com- uh, company in two thousand and four? No, there was a file that said, "Oh, company could sign." In like it was said, "Oh, potential targets to replace old players." Actually, what was interesting about Fergie's book is we could have signed the original Ronaldo back in ninety four. Yeah, I saw that. That would have been tasty, him and Cantona. Oh. I mean, imagine, imagine this side, you know what, with Schmeichel, Irwin, Stam, 
Jonsson. He was we'll around back about, then, wasn't he? Well, talking about yeah. more the treble side. Oh, okay. I mean, you had him put Paul Scholes in behind, or maybe Dwight York. I mean, whew, imagine the goals. <laughs> well, before we descend too much into a uh, United Love Fest, I might, I might call it a day there, boys. But um, <laughs> thanks very much for coming on, both of you. No worries. No worries, mate. And everyone else, thanks for listening in. Uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, hopefully your side wins. Uh, and we'll see you on the forums.